0: Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, we have got John Gordon with us. We have hit a home run with this interview. Author of eight bestsellers, and uh, we won't run through the whole gamut of things you're good at, buddy. It's, it's a long list. We'd run out of time. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. Actually, it's, uh, it's now 10 bestsellers. Ooh! My wife and I wrote a book. I'm not trying to brag, but my wife and I wrote a book and Relationship Grit came out uh, not too long ago. So that was exciting and and became a bestseller. Uh, First book I wrote with my wife and then wrote a book called The Garden that came out in June and that made the list as well, thankfully. So uh, we're up up to 10 now, thankfully.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to want to talk to those. What a cool deal to write a a book with your wife because she's a big, obviously a big part of your story. We can just jump. Yeah, go ahead. yeah she
1: is. She, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for, for her, you know, I was miserable and negative and unhappy and making her miserable and not being a great father, not being a great husband. And at the peak of my misery and frustration and, and anger, she said to me, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. Like you need to change. And I needed to change because I was not doing well. Right. And so I agreed to change. And that began this journey of researching ways I could be more positive and how I could feed myself so I can feed others. And I started this walk of gratitude every morning. a thank you walk. And while I was walking, I would just say what I'm thankful for. And doing that day in and day out started to change me from the inside out, started to flood my body and brain with these positive emotions and neurotransmitters that, that uplifted me rather than having the stress hormones slowly drain and, and kill me. And so every day I would do that. Right. And over time I started to change over time. It started to impact me and it led me to do this work. And I started to write and speak and share ideas that I was getting on these walks and ideas that I was researching. And I started to do that. And then that led me to then start writing books and then it led to the energy bus. So, so my wife was a a huge catalyst for, for everything in my life, but she's also just believed in me and, and made me a better man over the years so i got to give her all. yeah the
0: absolutely that is so good yeah because the energy bus is basically your story you're you're the lead character and it was inspired by that right i mean your your wife said either change or we're gonna have to make some changes
1: or get off the bus yes yeah. my, my story is is in there in a sense yeah. george the main character is based on me and my own personal struggles with negativity and adversity and challenges. And so when his wife gives him the ultimatum in the book and he has to change, he gets on this bus. It's the transformation from negative to positive. And so that was my transformation from negative to positive.
0: Uh, I love it. It's tough to train a bad mental diet. Is your walk part of the reverse engineering your negative mindset? Because I've heard you say that before. Like uh, you always say that you're not naturally positive, which would come as a shock because anyone that's ever heard you, like listen to you speak, you're you're really positive. Do you feel like the walks are part of that process of re- reverse engineering?
1: Totally. People think I am naturally positive because I do this work, but I always tell them I have to work at it. I grew up in Long Island, New York in a Jewish Italian family, a lot of food, a lot of guilt, right? I always right. say that a lot of wine, a lot of whining. Sure. And so my family was not very positive. I'm not naturally positive. So I think I've become a good teacher because I have to help people you know become positive but i'm able to help people because i've had to do the work myself like i've struggled with it so i know the challenges they face i know how difficult it is when you're not naturally positive i know the negative thoughts we we all deal with and how we can all get discouraged and i've dealt with depression and anxiety so i know how people struggle with that so i think experiencing it and then now teaching it through those experiences and from those experiences i'm now able to help even more people because I know the challenges they face. I face them. I know it works. I know how I've helped people. So now I'm able to help even more people do this work. And you're right. You gotta, you gotta feed your positive, right? You gotta feed the mind with positivity. You gotta weed the negative. So weed and feed each day. Weed the negative feed the positive. And you have to have practices that, that do that. For me, it's gratitude. It's prayer. It's talking to myself instead of listen to myself, right? The best advice I've ever heard is from Dr. James Gills. He's the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. That's a double Ironman, which means you and Ironman, a daily to do another one. (laughs) And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. He was asked how he did it. He said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. He said, if I listen, I hear all the fear, all the negativity, all the doubt, all the reasons why... I can't finish this race, but if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. Yeah. And so that like right there, feeding the positive, talking to yourself, not listening to the discouragement and the negative thoughts and the fear. You might've heard that song that says fear is a liar. Yeah. Negative thoughts. Oh, are lies. Love it. Yeah. They're always coming in. Those negative thoughts are coming in and The key is not to believe the lies that they tell. And it's also important to understand, I wrote about this in the garden that those negative thoughts are not coming from you. How do I know who would ever choose to have the negative thought? Would you ever choose a negative thought that is self-destructing that would hurt you? You wouldn't choose that. Thoughts are always coming in. The problem is we believe them and we reinforce them and then we feel guilty for having them. I tell people when you're having a nightmare, or a dream? Are you choosing the dream, the nightmare? Are you choosing those thoughts? Driving down the road, a thought comes in. Or in the shower, a thought comes in. Are you choosing those thoughts? No, they're always coming in. And so when the thoughts come in, like from the internet cloud and you're downloading it to your brain, no one has ever found a thought inside of your brain. Sure. You're downloading it, right? Don't let it sit there. Don't believe it. Don't reinforce it. Don't give it any power. Continue to encourage and speak truth to those lies and the word encourage means to put courage into mm-hmm. so when you're putting courage into yourself, right? You put right. yourself when you're encouraging, when you're encouraging others, you're putting courage into them. And so it's essential to do that daily practice of talking instead of listening, feeding yourself with the positivity and making sure that we don't allow ourselves to get discouraged and depressed where we go down a spiral staircase of, of despair and depression. Now, we're gonna have bad days, so this is not toxic positivity. A lot of people are talking about that. Yeah. It's not about discounting your feelings or not allowing yourself to have them. Right. When you are down, learn from them. Understand what's going on, what's broken, what are your thoughts and and feelings and pain telling you? Learn from that, grow from that, heal that pain, heal the wound that exists but don't allow that to really take you to a really bad, dark place because it can destroy you if you allow it to. And that's where you want to learn from it, grow from it, and then start to really uplift yourself and feed Mm. yourself to move out of it and to move past it.
0: So good. So good. Uh, Do you believe listening is a character trait? Listening? Yeah.
1: I believe that it's essential to leadership it's essential to learning and, and growing. Yeah. The best leaders I've ever met are students first, teachers second. Yeah. And so For we're sure. humble and hungry. I'm, I was speaking at a leadership conference and who was in the front row, but Zig Ziglar. Oh, wow. And so I looked over, I mean, Zig is one of my heroes. I ran over yeah. to Zig, I said, Zig, one of the big goals of my life was to meet you. Yeah. He said, you need to have bigger goals. You know, still sharp, still sharp after all these years. And so then I'm speaking and I look over and Zig is taking notes. 82 years old, he was still taking notes. And not because I was up there. Right. Anybody could have been up there who have been taking notes. He's a lifelong learner, still learning, still growing, still improving, still striving to get better. So the key to leadership is listening, learning, growing. And I gotta tell you, I've, I've um, learned from so many people that I've had the chance to work with. So. I get to go work with all these amazing leaders and companies and and sports teams. And I'm learning from some of the greatest leaders and minds. And while I'm there, I'm taking notes and I'm learning and I'm getting ideas and I'm seeing what their challenges are. And that allows me to then take the learning lessons to the next place I go. And so I'm accumulating this vast amount of knowledge and experience by being a student and also a teacher.
0: So much fun. We frequently talk on here that, really the only stat we should keep track of in life is growth per word. And the getting better parts, fun, even for you know, guys like you and I or Zig or some of the, you know, a lot of the other cool cats that you've run into. So. Yeah, totally,
1: totally. You know, I think uh, the best definition of success I've ever heard is from Dr. David Jeremiah. He said that success is the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. And so that there oh. is a plan for your life and the fulfillment of that happens through struggle, through learning, through growing, through success, through right. all the experiences of life that we go through. We learn, right. we grow, we get better. And then ultimately that fulfills the plan right. that God has for us.
0: So much fun. So I, I, while I'm thinking of it, do you think it's more important to listen to someone's words or listen to someone's emotions?
1: I think it's important to to listen to what they're saying. Okay. I think it's even more important to know the intent yeah. behind what right. they're saying and their heart and what's behind the heart, their intent, yeah. right. who they are, what they value and the difference that they wanna make. So a lot is said that you may not actually hear, but that right. you can see and you can tell mm. And it's funny because people on Twitter will attack me at times and there are people who don't follow me. There's someone who follows someone else and someone else will retweet me. They'll see that retweet and they come at me for a tweet. (laughs) And I rarely get attacked from anyone who knows me because they know my intent. They know my heart. Yet if you don't know me and you see a few words that you may not disagree with for some reason, like they don't disagree, they they don't like one thing I said, they're going to attack you without even knowing you.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I was thinking uh, learning, listening. Uh, I believe that, you know, once you relinquish control, you actually get control. And you got these people like uh, perfectionists. I'd imagine a perfectionist in today's world right now is really struggling because they got that white knuckle syndrome where they like to have control, but the schedule changes like every. You know this, I mean, you, you've, you've been dealing with this for months. Your schedule seems to change every four or five days. What advice would you give a person with that white knuckle syndrome that is really struggling?
1: It's not that I have control, it's I have power. I have power to, to overcome my circumstance, power to move forward, to take on the world. And yes, control what I can control, right. the things within my domain in terms of my attitude, Getting better each day, about helping others, encouraging others, making a difference, letting go of the things that I can't, focusing on winning today instead of worrying about tomorrow. That's been my key during this time, the whole time of of coronavirus since March. Is winning today. Yes. How can I win every day? And if I win today, and I win the next day, I win the day after that, I will win the future.
0: Ah, oh, rock star stuff, buddy.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Rock star stuff. So. I just want to ask, pump a couple more questions into you, and then I want to talk about a couple of your books, and then we are kicking you to the curb, Gordon Nation. <laughs>
1: Sounds good.
0: You, you frequently talk about telescope versus microscope. Could you explain to the listeners, what do, you, what do you mean when you're comparing those two?
1: Well, the telescope is your big picture vision of what you want to create. You have a vision, and if you can see it, you can create it. If you have a vision, you also have the power to make it happen. So what is your vision? What is it you want to build? What is it you want to create? And now more than ever, you have to think about that vision. And positive leaders lead with vision. They inspire their team to see the future. They rally them to create it. They understand here's where we are now. We've had this setback. We've had this challenge. But here is where we're going. We have faced this adversity. This is in our past. But here is where we're going now. So point your team towards the future. That's the big picture vision. That's the telescope. The microscope is the zoom focus actions that you need to take each day to realize the picture in the telescope. What do I need to do today to zoom focus? And zoom focus is where we have commitment. It's where we have action. It's where we have... Focus and tune out distractions that get in the way. And if you show up every day, like winning today, as I was talking about, what are the habits I need to do today? That Zoom focus will help you have and realize your big picture vision. So often we have goals, but it's not our goals that make us successful. It's our commitment and our commitments to our goals yeah. that make us successful. So right. what are you committed to? That's the Zoom focus and allows you to realize the big picture vision.
0: Right. Do you do you think people can change without an emotional connection?
1: You know what I mean. I it can change. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we can all change a little bit. I think ultimately, a change in heart changes everything. Okay. So it starts in the heart. Right. So it really has to be a heart change, a shift in in connection, a shift in your emotional awareness, a spiritual shift, as what happened to me. I yeah. mean changes everything and so i believe yeah when you when you change your heart when your heart changes when you have more of an openness you have more love you have more purpose you have more passion that drives your habits it's like Pavarotti the famous opera singer he was asked about his incredible discipline for his craft and he said everyone thinks it's discipline but it's not discipline it's devotion he was so devoted to his craft it drove his discipline yeah it's really hard to be disciplined if you don't have a love for it or right. a devotion right, right. You, just, you always feel like you're swimming upstream climbing uphill you're fighting against the natural flow but when you love it there's a flow to it you want to get up you want to get up you want to do the work you want to get better and even the days that you don't your love still drives you to show up and so right. when you love that drives your grit, and when there's grit, there's no quit.
0: When there's grit, there's no quit. Love it. Let's uh, let's chat about a few of your books. You you brought about you brought up relationship grit, your first book with Catherine. I didn't yep. realize that hit number one.
1: Yep, that Wall is- Street Journal bestseller, thankfully. And told my wife when I married her, "Hey, I'm gonna make you a bestseller." Yeah, and, uh, she's actually never, never said that, but um, <laughs> would have been a cool pickup yeah. line, right? But but. The whole story of our life is in there. It's transparent. It's honest. She almost left me. I was so miserable. As I said earlier, I was not a great husband. Somehow, some way we stuck together. We weren't always happy in our relationship. We worked through our challenges. And it's about the ups and downs of a relationship and the lessons we learned along the way. And now here we are 23 years later after being married, 25 years together. We really have a great relationship, a great marriage, more love, intimacy, connection than we've ever had. And so we share what we did along the way. We share what worked and we just want to give people the inspiration, the encouragement and the tools that they need to stay together and succeed to work through their challenges. This is the book for the couple that should stay together, but may not. Right. Mm. Because of all the issues. So they Mm -hmm. wind up making a mistake or they wind up saying we're done when they, they really would have stayed together they would have had a great future together, but they didn't. This right. book is for, for that couple or it's for the couple that has a good marriage, but wants a great marriage. Yep. And it's also for the single person. We've had a lot of single people read it that said, actually it's helping them for their next relationship. Absolutely. So good for that. So, so that's, you know, my most recent book. And then the garden came out before mm. that, that's the five D's that yes. sabotage us and our team and our, and our, our relationships, our, our our family. So we have to learn how to overcome and, and win the battle against those five D's probably my most important book. The energy bus is by far my most popular. Right. And people are still reading it to this day that was written years later and it's more popular now. So thankful the energy bus is still driving along and (laughs) picking up passengers along the ride and and infusing them with positive energy for their journey. So that's a lot of fun. I'm thankful that I, I got to write that book. The carpenter people say it's probably my best book. Mm. and it's a powerful story. I do love that story. Training camp is probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, I got and that one right here.
1: Yeah, right. Awesome. Yeah. I, love, I love training camp. I still do. I'm trying to make it into a movie. Mm. Excited about that. And then the power of positive leadership is what makes great leaders great, and the power of a positive team is what makes great teams great. So right. all our leadership training, all of our team consulting, our workshops are based on those two books, power of positive leadership, power of positive team. And we built a whole framework and consulting and training around those two books to impact leaders and to be stronger teams.
0: Right. Yeah, my personal favorite is, I believe it's called You Win in the Locker Room First. Oh, okay. I'm a huge culture guy and I'm a a love-based thinker and an inside-out thinker. And I think we're cut from the same cloth. I mean, I, I believe the moment anyone steps in your door or in your office or in your building or in your classroom, from the moment they step in, it's all about creating the culture, like shaping your culture, everything you do and say from that moment forward, because if your culture's bad, you're not going to see a lot of
1: success. I so. love it. Culture drives everything. And you're right. win in the Locker Room is a great book in terms of the seven C's that yes. allow you to build a great culture, a great team. And you do win in the locker room and then you win on the field and it's all about culture. That was a fun book to write with Mike Smith. Have you yeah. read The Power of a Positive Team yet?
0: I'm in the middle of it. Okay. I have it. Yeah, a little, a little,
1: yeah, a little similar. I took some good concepts from the win in the locker room because not everyone would read you win in the locker room thinking it's just a sports book. Right, I I know some of the best concepts from that and then add a lot of new ideas and new work that I've been doing ever since you went in the locker room and brought it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I just, I was also a coach for 20 years and I always tell the story. There was a year where we won it all. Uh, This was high school. Uh, We won it all. I had a great team. Five of our nine starters went on to be D1 baseball players. And and we won 55 of 56 with that group up one time. And great team, great roster, uh, won a nail-biter to win it all. And all I felt at the end of the game while everyone's jumping around and dogpiling, all I felt was relief. I didn't even enjoy the process. I didn't even enjoy it. I mean – ridiculous team a few of those guys went on to play professionally and i didn't even enjoy it and i felt like i wasn't doing a good job creating culture within i wasn't i don't i don't blame anyone but myself i i could have done a better job being an inside out thinker and and all that jazz
1: winning was a good learning experience It allows you to learn from that and then take that message forward to help others now to help them enjoy it and to help them become a better leader who creates a culture who enjoys the ride and yet loves their team and yet pushes them and challenges them to be great. You can, right. you can do it all, bring out their talent, love them, encourage them, challenge them. That's what great leaders do, love and accountability together. So, hey, my biggest mistakes have been the greatest learning lessons for me and the greatest tools that have allowed me to, to do the work I do to help others. So I think that's great that you've learned that experience.
0: Yeah, you wanna talk about uh, the Coffee Bean for Kids? It's coming out soon.
1: Yeah, very excited. It comes out December 3rd. Not sure when people are going to hear this podcast, but December 3rd. Mm -hmm. And we're we're just excited about coming out. Damon West and I wrote it, and we used the time during the pandemic, which was a challenging time for everyone. And we said, How can we help more people during this time? The coffee bean was really popular. We said, Let's do a book for kids. Yeah. Teach kids how to overcome their circumstances. So, yes, The Coffee Bean for Kids. Great story. People are gonna love. Yes, this book. Will. I think adults are even gonna read this book because it's it's so much fun.
0: It is the coffee bean concept's really cool. Uh, well, I ha you talk about carrots. I think eggs and the coffee bean. I, I do an ice cube, an egg, and a coffee bean. But I huh. I, I love it. I love it.
1: So the ice cube melts.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so- I think I think carrot, egg, and coffee bean is is a little better than the ice cube. <laughs> It's
0: going to make a lot more money than my idea. Brad, I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding, Brad. There's also there's also one about the potato. I don't know if you've heard that one. I have heard the potato. Right, which is yeah. which is fun. I said, hey, I don't think a book called The Potato would have done as well as a book called The Coffee Bean.
0: <laughs> no, probably not. Hey,
1: so, so And I want people to know I did not come up with this analogy, so that's why I can have fun with it. Uh, Damon, Damon West, my co-author, yeah. learned it in prison. It's an amazing story. He's a rock and, star. Yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. And uh, I feel like a talent scout who discovered him. Right. Yes. And he's <laughs> amazing and incredible story. And you have to read the book to find out. Just, yeah. just read, read right. the coffee. And it's a 20 minute read, yep. the adult book, 20, yep. the adult book. It's illustrated right. 20 minute read, but it's such a powerful story and message that you will learn Yes, uh, and you'll understand why we wrote it.
0: Yeah. It's a, it really is. I won't say a word. It is a great story though. I love it. Well, Hey, we're going to wrap this up, buddy. You got 30, you got 30 to 45 seconds to speak to our listeners on how can they out improve their previous best self.
1: Hmm. Okay. So I love that this is called the best self podcast, right? This is all about being your best self. Am I right on that? Yes. So, so to be your best self, ironically, is not about self growth, focusing on you. The greatest self growth strategy is actually helping others grow. And when you help others grow, you help others improve. What happens is you improve. When you help others grow, you grow. So we think we have to focus on ourselves to be our best, but actually when we love and we serve and we care, as I wrote in The Carpenter, we love, we serve, we care that's when we become great in the eyes of others. You don't have to be great to serve, but you have to serve to be great. And as you look to make a difference in the lives of others, amazingly, you grow the most. And I've experienced this because I used to be pretty self-focused. And as I became more focused on others and helping others and encouraging others, that's when I grew the most. So I wanna share that. To be your best self, help others be their best.
0: The double win, baby. Well, buddy, I I appreciate you more than you know. I, I am a lifelong educator as well. And all the work that you do for education, I am over the moon, just thankful for everything you do for that. And then just everything you're about, you know, helping others, adding value to others, being positive, all those things, it's never been more important. I was already on the bus, but I just... I know I speak for many that I'm, I'm so I'm one, I'm proud of you. And then I, and I'm just grateful for you. So, uh, I definitely woke up blessed, not stressed friend this morning (laughs) when I knew I was going to be talking Gordon nation.
1: Hey, thanks, Brett. I appreciate it. Appreciate the work you do as a, as an educator, love educators and the difference that they make. I really think educators are the real heroes. When I go speak to educators, which I do often, I know like I'm not the hero. They're the hero. And I'm here just to encourage them and to inspire and equip them because of the difference they make. So, yeah, appreciate the work that you do and and the work that you're doing with this podcast to help people be their best, right? We're all in this together, all finding ways to, to help others. So thanks, Brad. Appreciate you, and God bless.
0: You bet, man. Make it a great day. Thanks, Brad.